I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review, speaking with Dr. Charles McClellan, the commissioner of the SWAC. In addition to SWAC, he also has duties. He's a member of the NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Committee since, I think, March 2019. Is that right, Doc? I think so, yes. Okay, well, that's what we're going to talk about because I'm kind of curious. First of all, thank you for joining me. How are you? Doing well. Appreciate you having me, Chris. How... How did you get on the committee? Did it was something you, you sought out or did they approach you? How did that work? Well, uh, all committees within the NCAA starts with a nomination process. So my name was put in the portal and it went through the various stages. And fortunately, I was selected. So selected by peers. Um, there's a selection committee. There's a council called a 3C nominating committee. Then it goes to the council and then ultimately is voted upon. Was this a committee that you had thought about joining at all? Well, the NCA sends out a list of committees that are open. Um, obviously, the Division One Men's Basketball Committee is one of the most prestigious committees that's out there. So it was always a committee of interest. Uh, I was kind of surprised when I was selected. Uh, it kind of caught me off guard, but it was a pleasant surprise. Now, what does this committee do for folks who don't know? Well, ironically, uh, it's called the Men's Division I Basketball Committee, but selecting the 68 teams is probably uh, not the most time-consuming uh, of this committee. So obviously, we are responsible for evaluating all 358, nine now uh, Division I men's basketball teams. Uh, we are allocated several conferences that are primary conferences and several that are secondary. And part of my responsibility is to follow those conferences, follow those games, follow those coaches, follow those student athletes as to when we get into the room, if there are questions about, let's say, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, which I would never have. But let's just give that as an example. It's my responsibility to give all of the pertinent information that's needed for that room. Uh, to be able to make an informed decision. Once we sit down and once we select the 68 teams, then our second role and responsibility kicks in, and that is to go to the various sites. So we're responsible for administering uh, from an oversight perspective at those individual sites. So uh, sometimes you have them on your own. Sometimes you're paired up with another committee member, but we are responsible for running that site. So uh, very detailed, um, very organized. And then within all of that, there are several subcommittees. You know, you have the officiating committee, you have the site selection committee for upcoming Final Fours, and there are various committees that you have to serve on that. So very time uh, intensive, but everything dealing with men's basketball from, from A to Z. So this coming season will be your third on a committee, is that correct? That is correct. I'm entering my third year. Now, for the first season, what did you learn? Because I, I imagine, you know, being your first season you on the committee doing this, what did you learn? Things surprised you? Did you have questions that folks had to, you know, help you with throughout the process? Sure. I learned that COVID was real. So my first year as I sat in the committee meeting, I think we will forever go down history. I was a part of the group that had to vote to 
uh, cancel the NCAA basketball tournament. But there are several mock sessions that they take you through. So there's a lot to be learned. You know, you learn a lot about the net. You learn a lot about all of the matrix and all of the statistics that goes into the evaluation process. You have to watch tons and tons and tons of game and game film. Uh, so the learning curve is steep. You know, we actually had individuals on our staff that assist in helping me get all of those statistics and information together. So they're not a part of the process. But if I say, again, let's say I have the Southwestern Athletic Conference, I'll ask my staff to assist in making sure that I have all of the statistics, all of the percentages. And again, understanding what the net is, uh, knowing that the net is about efficiency, offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency, you know, who won where. Um, You have all of these tiers, tier one win, tier two win, tier three wins. You know, putting all of that information together is time, you know, sensitive. So learning the terminology, learning the jargon, learning how to evaluate, learning how to put all of that together really was very steep in year one. Uh, Learned a lot again last year, but based upon what I went through in year one, it made year two much more easy. So I think I can kind of enjoy year three, uh, not going in nervous because I've gone through the entire process and and have kind of adapted and and caught on to all that's involved in and being on this committee. Now you've referenced this a couple of times so far as a commissioner and representative of the SWAC, you are not allowed to speak about SWAC member schools for your, your assignment. Can't even be in the room when SWAC is talked about. From year one to year two, did your conference assignments change or did you have the same ones each year? Yeah, they change from year to year, your primary and secondary. Now you could very well have a same conference, uh, but they change from year to year. Most most times, I, I haven't had the same primary conference, but I've had the same conference, one as a primary and then another as a secondary. With the last season being truncated, did that impact you? Did it impact the committee in terms of the number of games, that the data collected for the net and everything that goes into the formula in deciding the field of 68? Now, the net was pretty spot on. If you go back and you look at the net, uh, it was pretty spot on. And for all practical purposes, there might have been one or two schools that did not necessarily get uh, non-conference games in. Uh, pretty much the entire Division One membership was able to get non-conference games in, and the net was a pretty effective tool. So uh, there might have been some anomalies last year, but all in all, the net perform extremely well. But just keep in mind, NET is one tool. It is not the only tool. There are several tools in the toolbox that we utilize, not just the NET, but there are several other matrix. There are several other tools that we utilize to ensure that we have a fair and accurate analysis of every Division One school. So I think there's 351. Uh, there are some that are in the pipeline, but not necessarily eligible. So all of those teams that are transitioning in, and I don't know that exact number. I think it might be 357, 358, 359, but it was 351 last year that we evaluated. Do you have a tool, a stat that you lean on more, that you prefer more than others? I know you look at everything, but is it something that you have a go-to, one or two calculations? No, you have to take all into consideration. Um, you know, the 
the team sheet is, you know, a statistical sheet. If you don't like stats, this is definitely not the committee for you. So you have to take all of that information into consideration. There is not one magic bullet that will put one team over another. You have to evaluate each team on their own merit. Um, and you have to evaluate all of the matrix to be able to have an individualized evaluation of that team. There's not a one magic bullet that will get one team in and one team out. No. Approximately how many games did you watch or have you watched these last two seasons? Can't give you a number, Chris. Uh, more, more than I can count. How do you fit it all in? Because you want, I know you, you want to be prepared but you're also commissioner of the SWAC. How do you balance doing both jobs well? Late nights and weekends. And so you have a very understanding spouse. Yes, I do. Yeah, she she's very understanding. Will you travel more? Because I'm just asking this because I'm not sure. Um, was the past season, the past two seasons, more Zoom calls? Or will you be more in-person appearances now for this coming season? Or how's it going to work? Yeah, there are some games that you would want to travel and get a feel but again we have the ability to watch every game we have the ability to watch them live and we also have the ability to watch them on film so being able to evaluate is not that big of an issue there will be some games that i will try to get to that are live and maybe within the local uh area that i could drive or or come back but but all in all you know we have the ability to watch every division one game how many members on the committee There are currently 12 now because the committee just expanded by two. Are you the first representative from an HBCU? No, actually, Robert Viles, which was the commissioner of the Southwestern Athletic Conference, was a replacement years ago. He served one year, but I am the first full committee member that will serve the entire five-year time frame. Do you... Think about that as how important that is, or you know, that's an, an honor in, in my eyes. But what do you what do you think of that? Yeah, it's definitely an honor, but I think I concentrate more on you know representing the Southwestern Athletic Conference and and doing my job to the best of my ability. So uh, I don't dwell too much on being the first or the significance. I'll let people such as yourself uh, write those history books when the time is done. What I am concentrating on is representing ourselves uh, to the highest that we can represent and let everybody know that, you know, the Southwestern Athletic Conference is strong and we can have our place in this NCA structure uh, to sit alongside with any other division conference and, and be at the top of our game as everyone else is as well. As a committee member, and I think people in the basketball world know that you are on the committee, has there come a time when, when someone gets, you know, Dr. McClellan, um, make sure you watch us today or don't forget about us, Doc. You know, we're doing big things here. Or do, do the schools, the member schools or the conferences that you are assigned give you stats and, and you know, notes, tidbits to follow or, or pay attention to? Yeah, you know, every conference, every Division One conference have stats and notes. So we get them all, you know, from every 32 conference. Because, again, I, my, I might have a primary or secondary, but keep in mind I'm responsible for voting all 68 teams. So I have to keep abreast of all teams, all 350-plus teams. So, yes, we get all of that information. We get statistics. Uh, we get their game notes. We get their weekly notes. We get all of that information, yes. 
Are there any myths, misconceptions that that you would like to dispel right now about committee selections? That I'm not quite sure what myths or misconceptions that are out there. So it would be kind of difficult for me to try to dispel any. Well, for, for example, um, power teams from power conferences, you know, fans and unfortunately some folks in media. Well, Team X was was picked because they're from that conference. You know, they're from a power five conference. What about a smaller conference? Why do you pick this smaller school? Well, you know, those kind of things. Well, again, I think the process really speaks for itself. Uh, you know, the way that the, the process works is very open. If anybody was interested, the NCA has videos out. They have tutorials out on how this entire selection uh, process goes. At the end of the day, it's who you play if you win those games and your efficiency. So you take a look at the Missouri Valley Conference where Loyola, Chicago, uh, got in as well as Drake. You know, those were two mid-majors and they got pretty good seeds. You know, uh, there was some consternation about, you know, Michigan State being on that bubble line. They were blue blood. So, uh, you know, there's always criticisms. There's always individuals that can take a look at it and said, I would have done something differently. But the process is open, it's transparent. And in my opinion, the Division One men's basketball tournament is the best postseason tournament that's out there. And I'm speaking in terms of Super Bowl, uh, NBA championship, March Madness. Everybody shuts down, you know, for three weeks and all eyes are on, you know, March Madness. So there is no greater tournament than what I have an opportunity to be a part of to put on. How long you you mentioned five years uh, term for you. Is there a chance that you could stay on? No, Uh, no. Nothing like that. Five and could you be, I guess, what is it? I'm not sure the term, but in your fifth year, be named the spokesperson to be the person to, to talk about the results in the bracket to CBS. Could yes. that happen? Yeah, we do elect chairs, uh, and those chairs will be that representative that will go out. So I will have the opportunity uh, to become a chair if my peers deem that you know I'm worthy of that. Uh, my focus is to be the best committee member that I could possibly be. So being chair, you know, would be a great honor, but that's not my main focus. My main focus is to give the diligence and the oversight to all of those Division One institutions that deserve it to be able to make the NCAA basketball tournament with the correct seed. And in, in addition to um, determining the 68 teams, the committee also puts the bracket together and, and seating. How does that the seating process work? Again, I, I would refer you back to the NCAA. They have tutorials on, you know, how all of that happens. But again, it's based upon how good the team is, the games that they won, all of their efficiencies that they win games on the road, and the quality of opponent. So it all comes back to the same fundamental piece. If you are a good basketball team you had a good schedule. That's one of the things that I've, you know, always harped on within the Southwestern Athletic Conference. It doesn't do us any good to play NAIAs. It doesn't do us any good to play Division II. Those games are not counted. It doesn't do us any good to go to play the number one team in the nation, the number two team in the nation, the number three team in the nation, the number four, number five, get beat by 40, 
because your efficiencies are going to be off. You're not going to get an opportunity to really get your numbers up. So we need to strategically look at the teams we play, uh, look at their efficiency, see where we can go and play and get some good games and get some wins in. If we do that, our numbers are up and we'll get a better seed and we'll get a better bracket. And have you spoken to the the coaches in the SWAC about, oh, absolutely. That's about that? Absolutely. That's a strategic plan. Absolutely. Have they been receptive to it? Absolutely, they have. You look at Alabama A&M, they were a top 100 in the net all the way up until conference play. They got the memo very clearly. They played teams that were within their range. They beat some of those teams. They played them close. They played them, won some games on the road. And they were able to get some efficiencies from an offensive and defensive standpoint. Had Alabama A&M continued to win, then we probably would not have been in that play-in game because their efficiencies were high and they were ranked high. It's only when they start losing. So, yes, it works when you follow the formula. And I would be remiss if I didn't touch on the SWAC is now 12 members. You got Bethune, Cookman, and FAMU. Just real quickly as we wrap it up, give an overview of your thoughts on SWAC basketball this season. Well, it's going to be tremendous. You know, we've always been extremely competitive, and now we bring in Bethune-Cookman and Florida A&M, which is even going to enhance, you know, the overall level of competition within the Southwestern Athletic Conference. So as you've seen with football week in, week out, there's been quality games, pack stands. All of these games mean something. It's going to be the same way come basketball season, both on the men and women's side. And just one last thing in closing, where do you see the SWAC going forward in the future? Being the best conference that we could possibly be. Continue to strive to be great. Dr. Charles McClellan, Commissioner of the SWAC and also a member of the NTA Division I Men's Basketball Committee. Thank you for your time, and I'll t- talk to you soon, Doc. Take care. Thank you, Chris.